when we are recording this mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. it's Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> and times are bleak. Times are... V- everyone's anxious. Yeah. Unless, of course... You're, you're profiting <laughs> off of this debacle. You're profiting off of it, or you're just being ignorant and going, no, it's fine. I'm the healthiest man in the world. Exactly. So, we're dinking around last night. It was like, okay, we gotta, you know, let's go do some grocery shopping. Some, grab some normal thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Duh. Because this is how I live my life. Mm-hmm. What Whatevs! It's mm-hmm. cool! <laughs> yeah. So, we're making a little list. And Danny goes... Oh, we're down to, you know, two or three rolls. It's like, all right, well, while we're there, we'll just get it. Of so toilet paper. Of toilet paper. Yes, rolls of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Just to be very clear. <laughs> so, went to the grocery store. Happened to walk. Danny was actually looking for detergent. Mm-hmm. But walked down the wrong aisle. And she was like, uh, what goes in this aisle? <laughs> because it was oh. just cleaned out people were like taking pictures of it and yeah. tiktoking it i was like oh boy oh my <laughs> all God. right fine so went trader joe's had to get a couple things blah 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 long story short we never got to a paper last night yeah and it was crazy and i was like oh for pete's sake <laughs> i went to the store last night too yeah because everybody's stressed out mm-hmm. so you know group think you go to the grocery store at, mm-hmm. and i was just grabbing stuff that we needed to stock up on just yeah a little more like okay pantry stuff yeah it would be nice to have some beans in the house nice to have some pasta and i said like things that don't go bad mm-hmm. i took the last two cans of black beans that winco had period full stop black beans yeah wow and they were dented cans and they were name brand and i don't usually buy name brand because i'm not um wealthy i'm not i'm not jeff bezos <laughs> i don't buy name brand fair but that was all that was left and apparently Holy i cow we this is all the talk at work uh-huh. this is why i'm so anxious <laughs> you're opening up a can of worms okay um but apparently yakima's costco is out of rice it's out of beans it's out of toilet paper it's out of paper towels and anything that has any bleach in it sweet baby jesus because people are freaking out yeah yeah there's a fine line between like being prepared Mm -hmm. and being panicked and Mm -hmm. i i think there are a large majority of people who have crossed that line yeah (laughs) yeah so we didn't get toilet paper last night long story short and you're not gonna get toilet paper no 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 so i went to work this morning but i was a little i was no (laughs) I was a little bit early, mm-hmm. and so I was like, well, Safeway is literally right there, oh. the one that you used to work at, mm-hmm. where we fell in love and met. Oh. Um, <laughs> Good times. And so um, I was like, well, I got some time to kill. So I popped in, and I was like, I wonder if Safeway has any toilet paper. Not much, mm-hmm. I tell you what. Yeah. But I did find some toilet paper, so I was like, all right, well, also it's on sale, so go me. <laughs> So I grabbed a couple and I was like, well, if this is the if this is where we're living right now mm-hmm. <laughs> in this place and time, I'm just going to go ahead and get myself some TP. <laughs> so cuz it was early, the self-checkout was closed, so I went and actually had to like get in line. There were a couple people in front of me, but when it was my turn, I got up there 
put my orange juice down, put my Doritos down, and then put my two packages of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And the woman behind the counter mm-hmm. gave me the dirtiest look and then rolled her eyes. And so... What's her issue with Doritos? For real! <laughs> Look, it's not necessarily the breakfast of champions. I get it. <laughs> but I needed something to have with lunch. Sorry about it. So she's, you know, she goes, she picks up one toilet paper and scans it and then go ahead and pick up the other one. And as she's doing that, I was like, I just want to make it clear. I'm not one of the crazies stocking up and buying all of the toilet paper. I would just like something to wipe my ass this weekend. (laughs) And she goes, "Mm, yeah, it's getting weird out there. Yeah. I, when I was at Winco, when I was at Winco, I overheard two, well, not two. I kept you overhearing the radios. Uh Uh-huh. And three people walked out of work that day because of how fucking crazy it is oh my god be nice to work <laughs> everybody yeah well because and that like look. also also grocery clerks have no business judging what you're buying <laughs> further exactly Ex- which was my exact point i work half a block down the street mm-hmm. i'm there all the time i see her all the time and she's usually very nice <laughs> but this morning she was hashtag over it yeah with the tp and i was like i get it so am I, but don't you judge me. Next time, just go to the Starbucks. <laughs> I should have. It's on the opposite side of the store, though, so I was like, yeah. I don't want to hoof it all the way over to Starbucks. <laughs> you have to go that way anyways to get to work. But we're my really, car was parked in the parking lot. We're really tr- triangulating we, your whole uh, shit. We really are. <laughs> Hopefully there's nobody on here. Uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> So, anyway, that was my experience bright and early this morning. I was like, I'm going to take this and put it in my car and cover it up like it's an electronic. Yeah. We had a man. <laughs> we have open windows at our work. Uh-huh. This is the longest intro we've ever done. Exactly. There was, <laughs> there was a man who looked suspicious as he was walking by one set of our windows and Uh we were like what is this man doing and because we also don't have that much work to do because nobody's coming into our office we have a lot of time on our hands Uh so we all got up and we're like what's this man doing what is he why is he sneaking around Mm -hmm. just one package of clorox wipes tucked away in his like coat and he was (gasps) sneaking down the street like he was going to be attacked for his clorox wipes which is not Look, We're getting there. This is it's a Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Who what's <laughs> Well, hello <Okay>. everyone. <laughs> okay, everybody. This We're is... there. We're finally there. This is that broad's got Moxie. Exactly. I'm Mr. Steal Your Girl, Kiana. <laughs> I'm Mr. Four oh five. Cassie. Three oh five. Three oh five. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You know what? You're close. I'm garbage. I tried. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> Story of my life. Where is 405? Oh, we're gonna find out. Oklahoma City. <laughs> that <sounds about> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Instead of wearing like a white linen suit and sunglasses, I got yeah. overalls and a cowboy hat. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. That's, That's very a... much my aesthetic. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I wear overalls <laughs> most times that you're here. Yeah. I'm not today. <laughs> it's because I caught you coming home from work. That's true. Okay. Let's get going. Let's, let's do this. Let's pick it up. So this is episode we decided... 61. 61. So you're going first, because mm-hmm. that's how this works. Mm-hmm. And um, who are you doing this week? <laughs> so today I'm covering a set of ladies. And oh, they okay. are known as the Ladies of Langolan. Oh. And I know I said that like extra fancy-like. It's still wrong, because it's Welsh. And that's oh. what I just said. Welsh I, is a hard language. I couldn't <clears throat> physically do it. I looked up... <laughs> I looked up how to pronounce the double L at the beginning of a word. Uh-huh. Too much like... <laughs> I just don't have it in me. A lot of mouth sounds you can't make. Yeah. My mouth wasn't formed for that. It's mm-hmm. barely formed for what I know. Fair. <laughs> Sorry. I was speaking with my hands there and I think I clicked my <laughs> fake acrylic nails together a few times. <laughs> Danny's face and... Of avoiding eye contact is letting me know that I did do that, so I apologize. <laughs> Perfect. My, my sources today. Did you hear that too? I just my acrylic nail hit my big dangly earrings. <laughs> I'm really all over the place, but you know what? It's over- Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> We've had a long day. We're drinking what Kiana said is basically hand sanitizer. <laughs> Pedialyte They're and vodka. vodka. Pedialyte and vodka. <laughs> also, I think I sound like a bad bitch because I'm like, oh yeah, my acrylic nails and my big dangly earrings making a lot of noise. She works in an office, everyone. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let her fool you. You fucking bitch. <laughs> Anyways, my sources today are um, historyofireland.com, welcomecollection.com, bbc.co.uk, Ooh. <laughs> makingqueerhistory.com, and an article called A Story on a Plate. Woo! Love the queers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Good, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm talking to y'all today about the ladies of Langolan. Not, not actually how it's pronounced, but I tried my best. Um, and these ladies were named Sarah Ponsby and Eleanor Butler. Mm. So Eleanor Butler was born in 1739 to an Irish Catholic aristocratic family in Cambrai Nord Pasty Calais in France. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I hope that's right. I love that you looked at Danny like, did I do that right? She's like, I don't fucking know. Eleanor, she had a bad tempered mother. Oh. And an indifferent father. So her upbringing was a little, you know. Lackluster. Lackluster. And as a Catholic gentlewoman, mm-hmm. Eleanor was educated at the English Benedictine convent and received a liberal French education for the first 18 years of her life. Hot damn. Sounds like a good education. Right. She then went back to live in Ireland at some point mm-hmm. at Kilkenny Castle. Ooh. From 1750s to 1778. So she was that that bitch. She was that bitch. Sarah Ponsby. Ponsonby. <laughs> was born in 1755 into an Anglican ascendancy family in Dublin. 
Okay. So her father was an Irish MP, so her family was of some status, but not, she wasn't living in Kilkenny Uh Castle. In 1768, unfortunately, both her parents died and she was orphaned. Oh. But she was put into the care of high status cousins that sent her off to attend Miss Parks's boarding school in Kilkenny. Here, she learned to speak French and Italian and sketch nature portraits. That sounds lovely. Yeah. The two women met when Eleanor was appointed to be Sarah's tutor. The two women were drawn together by their love of French philosophy, long walks, and novels such as Clarissa and Millennium Hall. Also, they both like pina coladas. (laughs) (laughs) Getting stuck in the rain. That song is about people cheating on each other. I know. That's such a... It's terrible. (laughs) I know that's not a new thing to say, but that's still wild. Mm -hmm. We didn't know for so long. Yeah. We didn't hear the words. We didn't. And then when you do, you can't not hear them. And you're like, you bastards. Yeah. But they ended up fine. Mm. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) It did. A little less trust in that relationship, but... How do you know? Well, let's put put ourselves in these positions, (laughs) shall we? I would think it was destiny. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) You're right. I should. (laughs) So, Eleanor and Sarah, back to my story. Yeah. (laughs) Eleanor and Sarah. Eleanor, twice Sarah's age. So they're not close to each other. They became inseparable friends. Are we using air quotes around friends? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. (laughs) Over the next six years... The two grew closer and Uh began secret and intimate correspondences. Yeah, they did. Their relationship became something of note to the town and gossip spread. Um, But they both described their friendship as, or their relationship as a romantic friendship. End quotes. Because that's their words. Mm. That's what we are. Yeah. Cassie and Danny have a romantic friendship. No comment. (laughs) The term romantic friendship Mm -hmm. was used in the novel Clarissa, which they both liked. And the concept of romantic friendship described the heroines packed to one another to act as each other's moral guardians and live together rather than marry men. Oh. So the concept of a romantic friendship might have once been helpful to lesbian couples, no surprise, Mm -hmm. hoping to avoid scandal. Although we will talk about some debate around their relationship in a hot minute. Okay. So it's how we're going to wrap this up. Mm. So as the ladies grew closer, they began to fantasize about running away with each other into retirement. Uh Now, retirement, 18th century style, was meant to be a retreat from, like, society into a picturesque setting Mm -hmm. where they could improve themselves by, like, reading, learning languages, gardening, sketching, charitable works, a la Rousseau. Okay. What all the all the articles said. Gotcha. Which sounds like a dream. Sure does. That's how I want to retire. Right. But they did it like young. <laughs> right? And they're like, mm, God, 30? Shit. Right. Time to wrap it up. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> the ultimate goal of their life was sentiment. You're supposed to like mean something. Mm-hmm. You know? Nice. So, on the night of Monday, March 30th, 1778, Sarah slipped out of her guardian's home, dressed in men's clothing and a pistol on her, carrying her little doggie, Frisk. Oh, Frisk! 
<laughs> Adorable. She made her way to the estate's barn mm-hmm. where Eleanor was waiting. And Eleanor had already made her way there to the meeting point after she rode 12 miles on a borrowed horse wearing men's breeches and a top coat. Oh, they are dapper AF. Yes. Get it. <laughs> they then ran off to England. Yay! Or at least they tried to. Okay. You played right into that. I'll I did. <laughs> Every goddamn time. It's it's fine. Okay. So their relatives in a panic had run off after them because mm-hmm. they were like, they can't run away. Yeah. And found them sleeping in a barn because they missed the packet boat to England. Oh. They were taken back to their respective homes where Sarah became seriously ill because she had caught a cold in the barn. Oh. But she was in recovery. We're okay. Good. Okay. She's fine. Sarah was in recovery. Mm-hmm. Sarah was more vocal than ever with her guardians about running away with Eleanor. She demanded to, quote, live and die with Miss Butler. And any refusal would, quote, provoke her to an act that would give her friends more trouble than anything she had done yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much like Alice Roosevelt. Yeah. If we go back to the She's first like, episode. <laughs> this is my ride or die. If you stand in my way, I'm going to make your life hell. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and as her berating, I guess, <laughs> continued on, her guardians were wearing down. Mm-hmm. And when Eleanor visited, it just became worse because it was both of them that were just like, yo, we got to run away together. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. We got, we can, can do it. Tell me why we can't. Exactly. We're best friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dismayed but understanding, the guardians relented. And every, and they let them run away together. Uh-huh. And all were comforted that at least, quote, there was no man concerned with either of them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so with their family's approval, they left Ireland on a balmy May morning in a coach with the butler housemaid, Mary Carroll. Okay. So she's she's also considered a lady of Langolan mm-hmm. because she was with them the whole time. Oh. But she wasn't with them, with them oh. the whole time. You get it. All right. No, so No thruples here? <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was reported that as they were stepping onto the coach that they were having a grand old time laughing and mm-hmm. they were like, we're getting the fuck out. <laughs> the coach took them to Seaport and then together they sailed from Ireland to Milford Haven and then journeyed north, arriving eventually in the Vale of Langolan an area they considered to be one of the most beautiful pieces of countryside they had ever seen. Ugh, it sounds dreamy. Right. And just outside of Langolan, they bought a cottage called Penny Maze. Cute. Mm-hmm. For weeks, their little escapade off into the countryside mm-hmm. was the talk of both Dublin and London and coffee shops and salons. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> Some hot goss. Right. But the two women, they didn't care. They were just happy in each other's Mm -hmm. company. They began to redesign the cottage into a more gothic-style abode and renamed it Plas Nuid, where they desired to be left alone. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's all they wanted. (laughs) The women shared bed, board, books, income, and daily walks. They dressed similarly in men's waistcoats while wearing women's skirts. Oh. And also, I read one thing that they wore powdered wigs. (laughs) (laughs) Which, for the time, was out of fashion. 
like look couples who drag together stay together (laughs) why do you think we have an entire box of costumes i'm just saying keeps you together (laughs) damn damn right it does so of the women sir a guy named sir walter scott wrote a description of them Mm -hmm. i can't wait (laughs) quote and, and like what they wore Quote, enormous shoes and men's hats with their petticoats so tucked up that at first glance of them fussing and tottering about, we took them for a couple of hazy and crazy old sailors. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a great description. (laughs) Hazy and crazy old sailors. I like it. So each and every day had a schedule. And they very, very rarely veered from it. Mm. They called this our system. Our system. uh Their acts of self-improvement, like studying languages, transcribing texts, drawing and sketching and reading, were rigorously scheduled alongside their times of leisure, which included going on walks and reading. They did a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. At night, they would read aloud to one another. Ugh. How cute. I know. (laughs) I can't. So, Sarah once was working on a map as a part of her her system of the day. Uh And as she was drawing, she reported in her diary that, quote, a mistake in the tropics has left me nothing to show for the last six weeks of my life. Which, like, same. (laughs) I had to put that in. (laughs) I had to put that in because that was the most relatable thing that came out of this story. Mm Mm-hmm. So, additionally, they'd often write essays in their retirement, taking on questions of the day, and they would, like, pass them back and forth to each other. And they covered topics like slaveholding, environmental depredations, which is not like what we think today, because they were like, oh, those fucking windmills. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) And then they also talked about the French Revolution, which they were like super up in arms about because they were proper women yeah and they were like no we love the french they shouldn't be seeking rights i don't know why they, <laughs> i don't know why they had so much issue with it but anyways so the system our system mm-hmm. was very important to them and they were f- afraid to lose track of it so they they wanted to live in proper retirement mm-hmm. and relied fundamentally and paradoxically on discipline and strict observance and not overindulgence okay so they were like we can have a good time but we if we have too much of a good time we're wasting our time oh so that's why they had to like constantly have this strict system of like they itinerize like danny does yes (laughs) (laughs) we've been on two international trips see and that's not me at all I'm just like, let's buy a ticket. Let's wander around. Look, we plan very differently. We do. Our trip to... No. Me and Danny. Oh. Do. Our trip to our trip to Scotland and London was a lot more like, eh, let's see what happens. <laughs> me and my friend Maddie went and bought tickets to Manchester once from, mm-hmm. from London. And we were like, we'll plan. And then on the bus, we were like, so what should we do in Manchester? <laughs> And at one point, I think we did just end up in a movie theater uh-huh. because it was a Sunday and everything was closed. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only so much beer one can drink. Right. Mm. But we weren't even drinking. 
Because oh. it was just like a fun day trip that we were going to do. And then we were like, let's go to this museum. Oh, mm-hmm. the museum's closed. <laughs> let's go get a let's go get some food. <laughs> and then I had a burger, mm-hmm. which I haven't had. I hadn't at that time had a burger in years. Oh, so I was fresh off uh-huh. vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. And it was a burger, two patties, a filet of chicken, bacon. Good it was Lord. Like, <laughs> it was like a burger joint that like you had to get. Carnivore in paradise. Yeah. Like and Maddie's was like the same, but it had pulled pork on it and Lord have mercy. And so I had the meat sweats and the, oh. the spins all day. I was like, Maddie, we just gotta make our way to a pharmacy at some point. <laughs> Please I need some pain relief. <laughs> Anyways, I couldn't go by a schedule like they could. Okay, fair. <laughs> and their whole deal, the the ladies, mm-hmm. was really, really intriguing to outsiders, and that's why we can we're still talking about them today because uh-huh. it seems pretty like whatever. Yeah, but everybody was like, "Yo, what are these ladies <laughs> doing out there? <laughs> these crazy old bats out there by themselves?" Exactly. And I put. This is my own made-up quote. Mm-hmm. Yo, two women living together? How peculiar. They do the same shit every day, and they don't want to leave or be bothered by outsiders? Weird. Let's go against all their desires to be left alone and visit them and observe them. <laughs> <laughs> like they're creatures in a zoo. Exactly. Oh, my god. And that's what... They did. They would open their house to people and allow them to visit. Mm-hmm. But if anybody was like, hey, can I stay the night? Then they would be like, hmm, interesting. (laughs) No. (laughs) You don't know, but there is an agenda after 9 p.m., okay? (laughs) So visitors from all over the gosh darn place came to visit, often bringing with them pieces of wood carvings because they knew the ladies collected them. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) That is nice. So people such as poets, Lord Byron, Woodsworth, and Shelley all came and talked to them and stare at them, mostly. (laughs) And they became somewhat famous for their desire to be left alone and were known as, quote, the most illustrious virgins in Europe. (laughs) I'm going to make Danny a t-shirt that says that. Hold on, we're gonna we're gonna have a discussion about their sexuality. Oh, okay, because it's not. Yep, I know. It seems to we're getting there. So they continued to live like this for fifty years. God. Just Sarah, Eleanor, and their housemaid Mary. Look, that's a long time to be with one person or even two people doing mm-hmm. the same thing day in day out. Mm-hmm. And they would literally just Heavens. they would like read on their own write down stuff, switch their writings, read that, write back to each other, and then sometimes they would talk. Like, that's pretty much what their schedule was. Just, like, sitting next to each other on the couch texting. Texting! Yeah. That's oh, my gosh. Kind of what it was, but a little more thoughtful. Oh, I'm and, sure. A lot and, more thoughtful, but And it still. was supposed to be, like... They often did it in, like, different languages, so they would test each other Ooh, on their, like, language skills. That's fun. Okay. It was a lot, but it is a Look, lot. Look, I'm on the side of the gawkers. I don't get this at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, I mean, like, visit I mean, them. No, that would be weird. But yeah. I would definitely just think it's weird unto myself. Yeah. I would read the gossip columns about them. A hundred percent. I'd be like, what's going on? 
Still nothing. Wonder what's happening up there. Still nothing. <laughs> maybe lesbianism. Maybe lesbianism. But maybe not. Don't get... Ugh. We'll get there. God. <laughs> okay, now we're going to get a little sad. So Mary okay. Mary Carroll, the housemaid, was the first to go of the three in 1809. And they made a monument in the back of the house or the cottage mm. with a plaque inscribed with a poem believed to be written by Eleanor that said, this is just part of it, Virtues dignified her humble birth and raised her mind above this sordid earth. Reared by two friends who will her loss bemoan, till with her ashes here shall rest their own. Oh, that's lovely. Yes, and 20 years later, a second plaque was added to the monument after the death of Eleanor at the age of 90. Oh my god. Her plaque, inscribed with the words of Sarah, so Sarah wrote these, Mm -hmm. said that she was, quote, Enjoying their eternal reward, and by her of whom for more than 50 years they constituted that happiness which she trusts will be renewed when this tome shall have closed over its last tenant. Oh. (laughs) So it was really wordy, but essentially we lived 50 years happily together, Mm -hmm. and they'll be happy again after Sarah dies, and they're together in the afterlife. Uh I can't. I'm getting all verklempt over here. (laughs) Eleanor in the past life wouldn't have to wait long because two years later, Sarah died at the age of 76. Mm -hmm. It is believed that she wrote her own inscribing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. thank you. (laughs) On her plaque, which stated, quote, she did not long survive her beloved companion, Lady Eleanor Butler, with whom she had lived in this valley for more than half a century of uninterrupted friendship. But they shall no more return to their house, neither shall their place know them any more. That's beautiful and tragic. Yeah. But it's what like a it's happy so life. Beautiful. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. they loved each other. They loved their housemaid. They got to live and do what they Yeah. They're fucking living the dream. Yeah. Their dream. Not everybody's dream. But yeah. that's ugh, that's all one can ask for. It's beautiful. Oh. So, now. Now on to the gay stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So now much debate has surrounded the lives of the women, specifically, of course, whether or not they were lesbians, which I'd promise we'd discuss. Mm -hmm. Personally, when I started setting them, I was like, oh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Deaf, deaf lesbians. Right. And it's like, people are just trying to mask. And when I heard there was discussion, Mm -hmm. I was like, people are just trying to mask the fact that they're lesbians like they've done with women in history mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. And there's some evidence that mm-hmm. says they were lesbians. <laughs> so there are two women who ran away together, called each other my beloved so frequently that in their journals, it was just shortened to my B. <gasps> I can't deal. So cute. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and they had dogs at different points of their lives named Sappho. And we know about oh, Sappho. come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> If you don't know about Sappho, episode 19. That's right. Lesbian. <laughs> Big one. Or bisexual. But a figure of lesbians everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> We're not called sapphic sisters for no reason. Exactly. <laughs> so, indeed, the suspicion of lesbianism followed them through their whole lives, and it occasionally showed up in newspapers, but they denied it through and through. Okay. And I thought, 
Of course they said that. It's the 1700s. Yeah. deny it. But as I kept looking, I became a little more convinced that they were not lesbians, but mm-hmm. still queer, perhaps asexual. Mm-hmm. So now. Okay. Or now. maybe, maybe like demisexual. Yes. Which is a whole other thing. Sect. Sect. Of yeah. the queer community. Absolutely. So here's the argument for asexuality. Okay. They recorded everything in their lives in their journals Mm -hmm. and there really wasn't anything at all that hinted towards a more sexual relationship between the two Mm. love and adoration yes Mm -hmm. sexual intercourse nay (laughs) no about chicka wow wow (laughs) one article i read described their relationship as queer platonic oh that's a I like that. And suggested that their intense feelings for one another was a more fluid idea of love, passion, and companionship, not restricted by a sexual relationship. Fair. So another another person of that time period described that the ladies' lifestyle were like conservative. Okay. And that they weren't really the social rebels that they were made out to be uh-huh. by people who were like Oh, they love you. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. Like um, me. <laughs> and in proper fashion, perhaps they, they they did not engage in any sexual relationship that uh-huh. would be deemed improper at the time. Oh. And that's probably another reason why they were denying it so much. Because they were uh-huh. like, we're proper ladies. We don't. And they're gentlewomen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, they're wild. So they I don't know. They sure the hell are. And additionally, so later in life, visitors often left their home thinking more than anything that they were just odd. (laughs) (laughs) And this this was perhaps due to the fact that they didn't understand the relationship dynamic because they would assume it was sexual, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. So they were like, that's odd. Yeah. So whether you believe it or not, People were gay in history, (laughs) and many people were accepting of those relationships, Mm -hmm. and that's probably why they were, like, unfazed with the idea of a lesbian relationship, and then they went over there and they were like, this is not what I signed up for. (laughs) But really, really we'll never know, Mm -hmm. because no one has to perform their sexuality in a certain way to meet the expectations of others. Exactly. So they could have just been keeping their lives away from the public, but also they could have been asexual. Mm-hmm. We can speculate all we want, but the answer will always elude us. <laughs> that's, that's one I put. I'm so good. Uh, <laughs> but it is clear that these women were probably queer. Yeah. At the, like, they're in that Bare men. They're under the umbrella. Exactly. So the women's house is now a museum that you can visit. Oh, And it's one of the main tourist attractions in the town. That's so fucking cute. I can't deal. Yeah. And you can find like postcards with them on it. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And that was the ladies of Langolan. The ladies of Langolan. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That was so lovely. (laughs) I thought we needed something light. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Because. What did you do? Well, allow me. Look. You know me. I am a true crime fan. But also, I was like, I had a couple ladies who I don't know much about, but they're... Basically, the thing that they have in common is they were both killed by French people. Hmm. 
So, this week's and next week's, spoiler alert, both killed by French people. Um, I don't know <laughs> how that happened. It just kind of did. And I was like, oh, bummer. Listen, I don't have anything against the French. But they killed a lot of people when you think about just colonizing oh, yeah. at bare minimum. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, today, we are going to talk about Marie Antoinette. <gasps> Let them eat cake. <laughs> yes, which is... she never actually said. Yeah, I know but... that, but I, <laughs> I love know, it. I know, I do too. It's, so, it's my so good. <laughs> but also... This is that means our ladies were at the same time period. That's ex- well, when you were like, they were really opposed to the French Revolution. I was like, well, that's probably who I'm going to do tonight. <laughs> that makes <laughs> because sense. Marie Antoinette wasn't really a fan of the French Revolution either, <laughs> for reasons we are all about to find out. I'm excited. Yeah, there's a lot of like things that I hear about Marie Antoinette, and it's always like, that's fake. It's this. No, that's fake. It's this. So I'm excited for you. You obviously did in-depth research over the course of many years yes. and wrote a PhD <laughs> this on this. This is my dissertation. So, so this is just going to be <laughs> the final word on all things Marie Antoinette. 100%. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I did not. Yes, I did. <laughs> Historians are going to look back at this so you know. I'm drinking a Pedialyte <laughs> cocktail. I could give a shit. Fuck you, future historians. You're probably just going to lie. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> Leave it in. And I then me it. shaking my glass trying to get this drawn. Right? No, she was doing this. <laughs> Uh, visual comedy on a podcast. Mm. That's what it this always, is about. It always works. It always is. All right. Marie Antoinette. Maria Antonia Josepha Johanna. That's her Ant- whole name. Antoinette. And no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry, that's my bad. <laughs> I'm just going to call her Maria Antonia. Oh. So that I don't have to say all of her names. You can just call her Maria. You can no, I can't. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> or just M. Just M. <laughs> I'm going to call her my B. Aw, that's nice. It's so cute. That's so cute. That was my favorite part of that whole thing. Thanks. All right. I guess. <laughs> I only liked one part of your story. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said it was my favorite because I thought it was sweet. All right, Maria Antonia was born on November 2nd, 1755, at the Hofburg Palace in Vienna, Austria. November 2nd mm-hmm. means she's a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. What, what? It means she deserved to be decapitated. Shut your mouth! <gasps> that was a hot fucking take! <laughs> okay! <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth of and it? And what? <laughs> Murders fine. She's a scorpion. <laughs> and what? <laughs> Can I tell my fucking story, you two? Jesus. 
Maybe we shouldn't have drunk. <laughs> All right. I'm having a great time. Me too. <laughs> this okay. is what I needed. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> All right. She is the youngest daughter of Empress Maria Theresa, ruler oh. of the Habsburg Empire. I know her. <laughs> and her husband, Francis I. The Holy Ro- <laughs> Holy Ro- Ro- <laughs> Roman. <laughs> Holy Roman Emperor. Can I say a fun fact about the Habsburgs? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. So no, please. Incest left and right in that family. Oh, all the time. The chins. The longest. <laughs> Look up a picture of a Habsburg, please. Oh, they're monsters. <gasps> oh, yeah, that was they rude. No. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hold on. I had to look in my little Rolodex of international history, and I was like, no, that's good. Yeah. Habsburgs. Mm. Gross. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Don't sleep with your relatives. <laughs> that, this has been a PSA. Yeah, please. Maria Antonia was born on All Souls Day. Which in Catholics, Catholic realm, is when they mourn their dead and every everyone wears black. Everything's black. Ooh. Or at aesthetic. least it was. Used to be. I don't know. <laughs> so they were like, ooh, this is a little bleak. So they would celebrate her birthday the day before on All Saints Day when everything was white and gold. <laughs> her birthday was just like a P. Diddy party. <laughs> All right. Puff Daddy. Puff. See, Puff Daddy, Diddy. <laughs> Diddy Ding Dong, Sean Combs. Puff Lion. Was that him? No. No, that was Snoop Lion. No. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was something else Lion, but Snoop Lion. It was Snoop Lion. That's yeah. my bad. Yeah. For a, hot, for a hot minute. Yeah. Good thing he changed it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maria Antonia spent her formative years between the Hofburg Palace and Schoenbrunn which is the Imperial Summer Residence in Vienna, where when she was seven, she met Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and his sister Maria. Oh. Oh. (laughs) I read that and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Please refer back to episode 28 and listen to our story about Maria Anna Mozart. Mm. She's amazing. All right. So anyway, they met, which was fun. Despite her excellent tutoring, she could not write in German or French. She was terrible at it. Aww. Though she did learn to play the harp, harpsichord, and the flute. What's a... Never mind. I remember. What's a harpsichord? Yeah. (laughs) But then I remembered from episode 28. Yeah. (laughs) It's the character from Beauty and the Beast. Stanley Tucci. Oh, Stanley Tucci. Yes. (laughs) He's got the one broken tooth. Never mind. Anyway, harpsichord and flute. She also had a lovely singing voice. She was a good dancer and loved her collection of dolls, which of which she had many because she's a princess. Yeah. So, following the Seven Years' War and the diplomatic revolution of 1756, her mother, Empress Maria Theresa, decided to end hostilities with her longtime enemy, King Louis XV of France. So they were like, we should be friends mm-hmm. because neither of them liked Prussia mm-hmm. or Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And after all, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
And so. they were also like, let's hoard all the wealth. Exactly. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> so the deal was sealed when a marriage was secured between Maria Antonia and Louis XV's grandson, Louis Auguste. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maria Antonia formally renounced her rights to Habsburg. And a month later, she met her husband at the edge of the forest of Compiègne. Hmm. Upon her arrival in France, she adopted the French version of her name, Marie Antoinette. There it is. There it is. I heard of that lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. She's not important. Yeah. No, no. It's fine. I blacked out earlier and you said marie antoinette now i'm back i mean we did spend the first two paragraphs completely bamboozled about what we were even doing here i'm to be honest that's me 24 7 baby (laughs) (laughs) completely bamboozled (laughs) all right Their wedding took place on May 16th, 1770 in the Palace of Versailles, and after the festivities, the day ended with the ritual bedding. Gross. Which is disgusting. (laughs) I literally put barf. (laughs) In case anybody doesn't know what that is, and you haven't seen Game of Thrones, it's when all of the party guests take the bride and groom to their... Boudoir. Boudoir. Very good. <laughs> Their boudoir. And then just watch them bang it out. It was Skinamax <laughs> before TV. I yeah. never want to hear you say bang it out again. <laughs> <laughs> just on a personal note. Fair. I was, you said that and I was CB. Completely bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start calling you my B. The B stands for bamboozled. (laughs) I accept. That's 100% accept. Uh, Okay. Where was I? Okay. However, so the couple failed to consummate the marriage. And this left both parties with some troublesome reputations. So I'm not going to go into it because when I was doing my research, I was like, like i don't need to know i don't need to know why they couldn't consummate this marriage let it be known eight years later it finally was because then they had a baby but for eight years let's just say things were not working his thing was not working anyway ew Get out! Hold on, I need to re re-say that joke so the audience knows. Oh, for fuck's sake. Danny said he was only into getting head. As in, you know, the beheading that we're going to hear about. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then she did this, like, snap and, like, finger gun, like, ba <laughs> She's really tickled with herself right there. That was the best joke I ever heard. We can stop this podcast right now. Don't even finish your story. Good that Lord. was my favorite part. It wasn't even you. <laughs> We're going to be here all night. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> I need to breathe. Where am I? I keep getting Betting off he track. can't get it up. All right. Here we go. People throughout France had thoughts about this new marriage. 
they either loved Marie Antoinette and found her very charming and lovely, or they hated her just because. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like, no real good reason. Eh, I'm hoarding the wealth. Shh, we're getting there. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just saying that's a good reason not to like somebody. <laughs> but this was, like, we're talking, like, right at the beginning. Okay. Very, like... Half were like, oh, she's so sweet and charming. The other half was like, ugh, get her out of here. Why? I just don't like her. (laughs) She's not French. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. So, Louis XV dies. And so then Louis Auguste ascends to the throne as King Louis XVI. And Marie Antoinette is his queen. So two weeks, two, after becoming queen, the king gifted Marie Antoinette the Petit Trianon, which is a small chateau on the grounds of Versailles that had been built by Louis XV for his mistress. Oh. <laughs> the king gave her a she shed? Yes, exactly. The king gave her a she shed. Thank you. Very good. You, you two are on it tonight. Marie Antoinette was allowed to renovate it to suit her own tastes, and rumors quickly circulated that she had plastered the walls with gold and diamonds. This is the bougiest she shed. (laughs) So the new queen spent just a shitload of money Mm -hmm. on fashion, luxuries, and gambling. Uh, She played card games and billiards and would just bet away just an obscene amount of money. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit, I lost that castle in a game last week. It was bad times. So she's doing all of this, even though the country is facing serious financial crisis. (laughs) And everyone's just dying. Mm -hmm. They're all starving to death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She had lavish gowns custom made. She had the, you know, most, like, top-notch hairstylists come Mm -hmm. in and make these big, giant, poofy wigs that were up to three feet high. Yeah. (laughs) Beat that, RuPaul. There was a picture of Marie's Antoinette that made its way around the internet that was just Mm -hmm. like, look what this bitch got. And she had a hairstylist, and it was a really, like, tall, you know, Uh the look. And it had, like, a model boat. Yeah, like a fucking ship in her hair. Yeah. And she... Avant-garde. Absolutely. Make it fashion. Yeah. A hundred percent. She was like, boat, but make it fashion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. She's the OG drag queen. She sure is. Look. Literal queen. Literal queen. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing boats in her hair. She also made sure that her panache, which is the big giant feathers, mm. were like, they were exotic and the biggest ones she could find and colorful. Like, she was like, no, no. Everyone will see this before I walk in the door. <laughs> I don't want no chicken feather bullshit. No, uh-uh. He's like, ostrich or bust. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Many French people were beginning to blame her for the terrible economic situation, accusing her of spending all of the crown's money on frivolities instead of paying off their debts, mm-hmm. which is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They were accusing her, and they were right. And they were right. But she's she's also 19 yeah. at the time. So like any irresponsible teenage girl with a credit card, <laughs> she was having fun and living her best life. <laughs> also, I would like to note that this had happened. 
King Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette came into power after having fought like several consecutive wars, mm-hmm. they were already in a real bad place. Yeah. I mean, it took a lot to get them to where they were, exactly. but they, they weren't exactly helping. <laughs> no, they sure weren't. Amidst all of this, Les Belles were being published and shared with anyone and everyone. So Les Belles, mm-hmm. libels, oh. if you will, <laughs> you can I, probably get <laughs> I I always thought Bell, like, was beautiful. Oh, uh-huh. So I was like, the beautiful? What were they doing? <laughs> Labels, libels. Libels, yes. Connected. So the libels were basically early tabloids. They are pamphlets that just spilled the tea about all the royal scandals. <laughs> Anyone and everyone was in it. Uh-huh. Airing your dirty laundry uh-huh. is bad news. When Marie Antoinette got pregnant, uh-huh. um, in fact, every time she got pregnant, which, spoiler alert, what happened four times, uh-huh. the labels questioned the paternity of all of her children. Well, I mean, if the guy, yeah, couldn't that disgusting thing you said earlier? I... <laughs> My hand was forced. I'm just saying. Don't make that. <laughs> God damn it! I was like, I was like, don't look at her. Don't look at her. She's gonna make a gross gesture. And then I looked, and you did. I did the hand job. You sign. did. You sure for the, for the listener. She made the Yahtzee sign. Yeah. Forced her hand. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. Now as the queen, Marie Antoinette began to make some changes in court customs. She insisted on abandoning the big heavy makeup, Mm. a.k.a. the lead paint they were plastering (laughs) on their faces and holes were growing in it. The actual poison. You know those moles? Mm -hmm. Those fancy beauty marks? They were holes. In people's faces from the lead and the makeup eating through their skin. That's disgusting. So they're not moles or beauty marks. They were little tiny pieces of leather cut into shapes and then <laughs> and then adhered to their skin to cover up said holes. I... You're welcome. I hated that. <laughs> you that's what you get for making hand gesture jokes at me. <laughs> Tickled Danny is about this. She's just having a ball. No! She's having a good time. Son of a bitch. All right. Abandonment of heavy makeup because it was eating people's faces. Disgusting. And she also was like, these, they're called paneers. So they're the big Indian cheese paneer. Very good. Yes, exactly. Oh, good. Okay. She was like, no more of that. Let's get it out of here. Let's bring some cheddar in. (laughs) No, the big, so the weird, like, hoop skirts, Mm -hmm. but the ones with the big, the ones on either side. Oh, the hip. The hip ones, the big wide hoops Mm -hmm. that came out over the hips to make you look like four feet wide. Mm -hmm. So she was like, can we just have a fucking dress without these, like, weird hip (laughs) implant things sorry marie i can't get rid of my hips i'm four feet wide naturally (laughs) (laughs) amen girl oh no i don't need wires please hold i closed my (laughs) my document okay i just need doritos (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. Amen. Honestly. Do you see this body? Renaissance goddess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pale and fat. Let's do this. <laughs> I wouldn't have flown so well in that time. Because I'm tan. Oh. Just oh. a little tan. Actually, I'm really, I'm you're the palest real. I've ever been. You're very pale. I would have been fine. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they probably just would have been like, oh, she's Italian. <laughs> hey, she's got a little Greek sprinkled in there, maybe. I don't know. One of those with the dark hair. Right. Mm-hmm. Just a just a whisper of ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she abandoned these things, and this was all met with disapproval from the older generation. And then in parentheses, I put, LOL, okay, French boomer. (laughs) Because it made me laugh. (sighs) New fashion, new hair trends, and new music and theater productions were all frowned upon. Go figure. (laughs) The old folks were like, what's this new stuff? We don't like any of that. So... Repaying all of the old French debts remained a very difficult problem. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Uh, the queen not only spent with abandon, but also would send pretty sizable checks to her brother in Austria. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, the French people were like, the fuck? Right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> also, she urged the king to help the American colonies defend themselves against the British in the Revolutionary War. Hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was good. Uh-huh. For, uh, I mean, <laughs> where we stand now. <laughs> so she met Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. She met Ben Franklin. Mm-hmm. And she met... Adams. Adams. Thank you. I was like, not the first one, but the second one who wasn't very popular. <laughs> Thank you. I just... I watched that HBO special. And I knew he was in Europe for a while. Nice. Nice. That boring HBO special where Paul Giamatti is John Adams. Gorgeous. I love it. That sounds fantastic to me. Brooklyn Nine-Nine described it as if a television show was reading. (laughs) That's a great explanation. Okay. So I skipped the first part. She had a little girl. Mm -hmm. Okay. In... 1778, Okay, I think. I forgot to put it. But in 1781, how apropos that I told her about when she had her first son, not her first daughter. I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. You're the reason why misogyny exists. Kiss my ass. <laughs> Marie Antoinette gave birth to their second child, a son named, you guessed it, Louis. Ooh. <laughs> People celebrated the birth, but were decidedly pissed off when she... So basically, they had a governess mm-hmm. who was like the governess. She watched all the royal children, but she left because she was not happy with how mm-hmm. things were going down. And so she hired a new governess who she was friends with. The court disapproved because they were like, um, I'm sorry, she can't work in the palace. <laughs> She's a peasant. <laughs> So she wasn't of a high enough birth Mm -hmm. to raise the royal children. Okay. And they got all pissed off about that. You can go ahead and add that to the list of things that they don't like about her. So right now, the labels are in full force. Again, questioning who was the daddy. Mm -hmm. They told tales of nighttime rendezvous, scandalous affairs, and deviance of the court, including lesbianism. (gasps) 
lesbianism. <laughs> Which was also called, wait for it, this is good, the German Vice. <laughs> <laughs> So they were like, we don't have that lesbianism. That's a German thing. <laughs> Which I really, it tickled me. That's so, I've never heard that before. No, they were like, your Austrians close enough to Germany. <laughs> That's a thing that you people do. We don't. So it was like. Like, more French. <laughs> For real. Those fops. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right. In 1783, Marie Antoinette was very busy with her hobbies. She had a miniature village built on the property of Versailles, which was just a thing. Look, I was like, I don't get it. But apparently it was a thing that super rich people did. They were like, oh, these quaint villages are so adorable. Build one in the backyard. <laughs> oh, I hate them. It's so excessive and ridiculous. But she had one. Instead of building real houses for people that need to live and need shelter, I'm just going to build a fun little model. <laughs> exactly. Uh, she accumulated a library of 5,000 books. Many of them about music and history, which she very much enjoyed. She was a patron of the arts and supported scientific endeavors. Hmm. In fact, she witnessed the first launch of a hot air balloon. <laughs> That's fun. Isn't that I fun? Like that. <laughs> she also had the king buy her the Chateau de Saint Cloud so that she could have property of her own. Mm -hmm. um, so that she could bequeath it to her favorite child rather than have it go through the, like, inheritance laws. Yeah. She was like, I want something to call my own that I can do whatever I want with. <laughs> and um, whichever one of you little kids are the best and nicest <laughs> to mommy is going to get the house. Exactly. Also, he paid, like, four million, I think they're called levers, mm -hmm. or they were. It's a lot of money. Like, mm -hmm. The most. I so, believe it. Again, France does not have this money to spend. <laughs> in 1785, an infamous diamond necklace scandal permanently tarnished the queen's reputation. It's, it's called the diamond necklace scandal. Oh. What an interesting name. <laughs> um, <laughs> a thief. All right. This is the basic breakdown of it. A thief posing as Marie Antoinette stole a 647 diamond necklace. Wow. Okay. And smuggled it to London mm. to be sold off in pieces, which is very Ocean's oh. 8. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they steal jewelry. <laughs> Though Marie Antoinette was innocent of any involvement, she was nevertheless guilty in the eyes of the people. And things only got worse from here. That seems unfair. <laughs> yeah. So Marie Antoinette is perhaps best known for the quote, let them eat cake. As the story goes, upon hearing that the people had no bread to eat around the start of the French Revolution, the queen commented, oh, fuck, it's in French. Uh, let them eat cake. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that's a translation. 
<laughs> However, there's no evidence that she actually said these words. And historians generally agree that she wasn't that much of a heartless bitch <laughs> to like be like, mm. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> Despite her lavish lifestyle, Marie Antoinette gave to charity and had compassion for the country's common class. Despite all of that compassion, she was still spending all the money that could have gone to feed them. So, yeah. not great. On July 14th, 1789, 900 French workers and peasants stormed the Bastille to take weapons and ammunition, marking the beginning of the French Revolution. On October 6th of that year, a crowd estimated at 10,000 gathered outside the Palace of Versailles and demanded that the king and queen be brought to Paris. They were like... <laughs> You're fucking coming with us. Oh, that's so scary. It's so scary. Also, lame is, that's what's happening right now. <laughs> it's all a huge bummer. Those The flag's about to be created. That's right. Very good. The royal family was held at the Tuileries Palace in Paris. The king couldn't get his shit together, so Marie Antoinette stepped in his place. She met with his advisors and ambassadors and sent letters to other European rulers begging them to help save all of their lives. Yeah. The fighting came to a head in the summer of 1792 when the radical Jacobin leader, Maximilien de Robespierre, called for the removal of the king. In September, after a month of terrible massacres in Paris, mm -hmm. where literally Guillot hundreds of thousands of people died. Yeah. The guillotines were so blunted at some points that they had to drop it several times. No! To kill people. Oh, my God. Because that's how frequently it was being used. Holy moly. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Didn't read that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shut your I thought, mouth. I thought you studied this for years. <laughs> this was going to be the end all of Marie Antoinette knowledge. Are you telling me you lied? I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Terrible massacres in Paris. The National Convention abolished the monarchy, declared the establishment of a French Republic, mm -hmm. and arrested the king and queen. Officially. In January 1793, the radical New Republic placed King Louis the Sixteenth on trial, convicted him of treason, and condemned him to death by guillotine. Mm -hmm. By October, a month into the famous and bloody reign of terror that claimed tens of thousands of French lives, Marie Antoinette was put on trial for treason and theft. They were like, you stole the entire country's fucking money. Mm -hmm. How's that cute little village looking now? <laughs> exactly. She's like, I'd love to live there. Thank you. <laughs> After the two-day trial, an all-male jury mm -hmm. found Marie Antoinette guilty on all charges. Yeah. On the night before her execution, she wrote her last letter to her sister-in-law, Elizabeth. I am calm, as people are whose conscience is clear. On October 16, 1793, she changed into a plain white dress, her hair was cut, and her hands bound behind her back. Her last words before being guillotined were, Pardon-moi, monsieur, je ne l'ai pas fait esprit. What does that mean? It means, pardon me, sir, I did not mean to do it on purpose. Oh. Because she accidentally stepped on her executioner's foot. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, 
Yeah. She was beheaded by the guillotine. This is not funny, but it's very interesting. Her head. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Her head was given to Marie Tussaud. Yes, that Madame Tussaud, the French artist known for her wax sculptures, to make a death mask. Excuse me. Oh, yes. Okay. So I read that and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So Madame Tussauds, you know, Mm -hmm. where they have all of the wax thing, all the wax sculptures, started her own museum in London only after having made a death mask of the decapitated head of Marie Antoinette. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy fucking <laughs> shit. That's fucking wild. And now there's one in Vegas. <laughs> there's one everywhere. There's one. There's so many. I didn't know Madame Tussauds was a real person. <laughs> she sure the fuck is. And she made legitimate wax sculptures. I thought my brain was literally exploding. I was like, I can't. I oh can't even God. believe this is a thing. Also, that's kind of cool that wax figures date back that far. Yeah, they sure do. And that can you like imagine like Victorian ass bitches like walking around there like, oh, let's go to Madame Tussauds. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so crazy. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> quick. Do a sketch. <laughs> Take a picture of me and Marie. Exactly. It's so wild. <laughs> Eating cake. <laughs> Oh my god, it's <laughs> Oh my god. I can't. That's what I'm gonna say from now on. <laughs> Ken is looking at both of us like we're fucking crazy. Alright, side note, and then I'll finish my last sentence. The show Impractical Jokers. Mm-hmm. We fucking love it. Mm-hmm. And there was one episode where they go to Madame Tussauds in New York City, mm-hmm. and Sal, who is, he, he's a germaphobe, he's a fucking dork, but he's always just, he's like very, of all of them, he's probably the most reserved. Mm-hmm. So one of the things he has to do is walk around and talk to people and exclaim things. He has to do it in this voice. <laughs> So there's this part, and it makes me laugh every time, and I say it to Danny all the time. Okay, it goes, Oh my god, it's Rihanna! (laughs) (sighs) So, that's that. (laughs) This little sneak peek into our fucking life. Yeah. So that's what happened. Also, just like to put out there, I could make a death mask because I know how to do it. Oh, make mine. (laughs) Sometimes the shit you say, I really don't know what to reply to. (laughs) Okay. I didn't. I thought I wanted my friend to make my death mask. Now I'm really CP right now. Completely bamboozled. I know you are. Why, <laughs> why would you, say, why would you deny me? paragraph left. Leave me alone. And I have one death wish, and it's you make my death mask. Fine. Yes. Yay! Absolutely. I would love to. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> In recent history, a new fascination with the last queen of France has developed. She's been the subject of a number of films, most notably 
Marie Antoinette, starring Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. directed by Sofia Coppola. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Barrington played the queen in a BBC sitcom called Let Them Eat Cake. Oh. Um, let's see, what else? Wednesday Adams <laughs> has a headless doll named Marie Antoinette. <laughs> and my personal favorite, <laughs> Danny and I say this again, all the time to each other. So in Toy Story... Mm-hmm. <laughs> After Woody and Buzz have been captured by Sid mm-hmm. and separated, Woody finds Buzz Lightyear dressed as Ms. Nesbitt mm-hmm. at a tea party with two headless dolls. Mm-hmm. He's losing his mind a little bit, and he says, One minute you're defending the whole galaxy, and suddenly you find yourself sucking down Darjeeling with Marie Antoinette and her little sister. <laughs> <laughs> he proceeds to go, Don't you get it? I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> it's my favorite. I'm going to say it all the time. <laughs> Anytime we're in the grocery store and I see tea that says Darjeeling, mm-hmm. that comes out every time without fail. Okay. As Thomas Jefferson once said, I have ever believed that if there had been no queen, there would have been no revolution. Oh, but Thomas Jefferson is a bitch. He's a huge <laughs> bitch. <laughs> he's a, har- he's a, a bitch. Harlot. He is yeah, he absolutely is, a harlot. He's absolutely a bitch and a harlot. He's like Zeus, but that would be doing Thomas Jefferson a favor <laughs> to convi- to compare him yeah. to Zeus. Fuck that. Fuck both of them. But honestly, yeah. fuck Thomas Jefferson more because he's real. Real. <laughs> Don't get struck by lightning. <laughs> He's real. Uh, yeah. Also, fuck that guy. Friend, how many revolutions did France have? Like 10,000 revolutions. <laughs> and he's going to blame it on one woman? Yeah. yeah. Uh, ooh, that man. Ooh, that man. If I, had, if I had ever met Thomas Jefferson in my lifetime. Kicked him right in the dick. And karate chopped to the throat. <laughs> Over. Boom. Real quick, I'm going to say my sources. Okay. I used Wikipedia, biography.com, smithsonianmag.com, mm-hmm. a couple of articles on ThoughtCo and all that's interesting. Okay. So, that's Marie Antoinette, everyone. Thank you. You're welcome. I I'm had a good so time. hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> is that, is that Pedialyte and vodka hitting you? I'm so hydrated mm-hmm. and just, it's all coming out my armpits. <laughs> <laughs> it's overflowing. <laughs> I'm just a swampy mess over here. <laughs> On that note, you wanna you wanna email us. It's an odd one to start with. If you wanna email us about being swampy too. You also hate Thomas Jefferson. Email us at thatbroadsgotmoxie at gmail dot com. That's right. Wherever you're listening, if you'd be so lovely as to go ahead and leave us a five star review, rate review, and subscribe, and let us you can let us know what you think on there. Mm-hmm. And if if you want to go one step further, or maybe mm, what please do equal a you know. lateral step, yeah. go, ahead, <laughs> go ahead and follow us on our social media accounts. It's at that Broad Scott Moxie on Instagram and Facebook, and at Broad Scott Moxie on Twitter. That's right. That's all we got. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinnie Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti.
Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick it to the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.